Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, February 26, 2024. Larry Johnson joins us from Moscow State University in Moscow in Russia. Larry, it's been Hi. a long day for you, but thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Much, uh, much appreciated. What is the general attitude uh, in Moscow amongst uh, students, professors, the general public, uh, about the war in Ukraine and about President Putin? Uh, uh, Putin enjoys uh, a lot of support. Um, this conference I'm attending, it's called the International Russophile Movement. Uh, there are representatives from over 110 countries, uh, a lot of uh, uh, significant uh, you know, foreign ministers, uh, that kind of thing. And, and they recognize that Russia is in uh, an existential struggle. And uh, they recognize that they, they can't let this go, that this, this is not just about defeating Ukraine. This is really a battle for the soul of Russia, for its culture, for its commitment to Christianity. Uh, the, the really interesting thing about Russia right now is that this conference is called Multipolar. And here is Russia, who is now a confirmed Christian country, the Eastern Orthodox uh, is, the, is the religion of Russia. However, Russia has demonstrated it's worked through uh, a major civil war, an Islamic civil war back from 1999 to 2009. And, and so Russia is actually a living example of how you can have a, be a Christian nation but live in peace with Islam, with Judaism, with Hindus, with Buddhists. They, they, I mean, they, they really cover the spectrum in terms of uh, cultural and ethnic identities, and they're, they are all part of one nation. That's what's fascinating about it. So uh, this war in Ukraine is, is simply seen as an extension of they're battling against the West. And, and I've heard repeatedly the concept that the West is satanic, that it's uh, indulgence with uh, the, the, the different just bizarre lifestyles that are, have taken front page. Uh, they don't want any part of it. Have uh, you have you heard the concept that you and uh, our colleagues on Judging Freedom and I have talked about, which is that the United States, well, the West in general, the United States in particular, wants to use Ukraine as a battering ram. I realize that's a uniquely yeah, American phrase. Yeah. There must be some Russian equivalent to it. 
to drive President Putin from office. Yeah, yeah. No, there's uh, there is clear recognition that uh, Ukraine is being used uh, as a proxy. Uh, and, and that's what's, you know, the, the Russian military has not, when you compare what the Israelis are doing to the Palestinians in Gaza, just wanton destruction, killing women, children without any regard, you're not seeing that by the Russians in the attacks against Ukrainian military forces. They're very working very strenuously to avoid those kinds of civilian casualties. The reason is because they still view the Ukrainians as Russian. Uh, in fact, you know, one of the ironies is if you listen to Tony Blinken, Tony Blinken will talk about his great grandfather having to flee. He said he had to flee Russia because of the pogroms, because of the persecutions of the Jews. And then you ask Blinken, well, where did your great grandfather live? Oh, Kiev. Oh, you said he fled Russia? So it's just a reminder that you, Ukraine is an artificial creation. You don't find it on a map prior to 1904. And, and so the, the souls that shed the, the, the soul that is shared between Russian and Ukrainians is it's real, it's genuine. You uh, are a former analyst for the CIA. You have an extraordinary uh, knowledge of how it works and, of course, tremendous over-the-top courage to uh, reveal those workings, not national security <laughs> secrets, but what the government right. is doing to the public. Um, and I know because we talked about this before we went air, on air that you had a chance to see this 10,000 word oh. puff piece uh, in the New York Times, supposedly generated by 200 interviews, making the uh, CIA look like the saviors uh, of Ukraine. So first of all, uh, why would the CIA cooperate uh, in something like this when Ukraine is about to fail? And second, if this is true, that the CIA rescued, financed, manages, and controls Ukrainian intelligence, isn't the CIA engaging in acts of war against Russia? Take it well, uh, we'll start with the last question. Yes, CIA is engaged and has facilitated, uh, you know, they're an accessory. You know, if this was a murder trial and you're back on the bench, uh, you, the CIA would be guilty as an accessory to murder. Uh, what's fascinating about that article, it's filled with lies. I mean, blatant lies. As an example, they talk about that, oh, they got intelligence from uh, the Ukrainians who identified a Russian that told them about Fancy Bear, this computer code that was used to intercept messages from the DNC as part of the 2016 Russian interference in the election. Judge, that's garbage. That's a lie. There is absolutely no evidence of that whatsoever. The, 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 that, that computer trick that they're talking about, Fancy Bear, that was created by the CIA. That came out of what's known as Vault 7. You just had a CIA contractor recently convicted uh, for revealing that to WikiLeaks, uh, and he's going to prison. But but that's one example. They also saw it, but oh, they they worked with the with the Ukrainians and identified the Russians shot down this Malaysian airliner. No, they didn't. Right. That was you. That was a Ukrainian uh, operation that brought that airliner down. So what you've got is throughout this this piece is they're constructing this narrative both to reinforce the lie about Russian interference in 2016. There was no Russian interference in 2016 that affected the outcome of the election. That's number one. Number two, this article is designed 
to show the CIA of, boy, we knew the Ukrainians were doing some bad things. We tried to stop them, but they wouldn't listen to us. But at the same time, we're giving them everything that they need in order to go out and target Russians. I mean, they're trying to have it both ways. I, I think this, this piece is a signal that the United States is getting ready to hit the ejection button, that uh, the, there are no more happy days are here again in Kiev, that uh, Kiev's days are numbered with, with respect to these intelligence operations and the support of the CIA. All right, Larry, because we know each other's brains pretty well, you anticipated my, my next question. Could this, let's say that the sources for this are CIA uh, operatives. Could something of this magnitude have been done uh, in cooperation with the New York Times, not the Washington Post, the CIA's favorite mouthpiece, but the New York Times, their bitter uh, competitor, yeah, without I mean, without the compliance and approval of CIA management. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, absolutely, because... Some of the information that's revealed in there is of such a nature, if true, uh, in terms of the location of CIA, joint CIA-Ukrainian bases. I, I mean, you're, you're literally giving the Russians a roadmap for things to attack. And so at right away, that should have a, a launched a CIA internal investigation of who's talking to the New York Times reporter, who's leaking this. Well, this, this was an approved leak. That's how, you know, otherwise th that information wouldn't get out there. But it's also designed to deceive. This, this, if anybody approaches that thing, oh boy, we're going to really get the truth about what's going on. No, no. There, the, the, there is, you can find a lie on about every page, a lie or misrepresentation. Uh, it, it is, it's written to spin a particular narrative. And that narrative is serving a broader U.S. purpose right now. They recognize even if the Congress does the, coughs up $61 billion, it's not going to change the trajectory of the war in Ukraine because they don't have soldiers. It's that simple. And, you, you know, you don't magically create soldiers. You know, they say the, the joke is it takes 19 years. You know, the baby's got to be born, grown up, and then it has to go through basic training. Uh, even if they're able to scrape some people off the street now, uh, it's still, you're, you're looking at easy, if they're going to be properly trained, easily nine, nine months away. Ukraine doesn't have nine months. It's just, it's that simple. The, uh, over the weekend, or I guess right before the weekend, uh, President Zelensky's office uh, released a statement saying that 31,000 
Ukrainian troops have been killed. Now that that is off by a magnitude of about 12 or 15. I mean, we know yeah. from a variety of sources that you consult and that I consult uh, that it's uh, about 500,000 killed or so seriously wounded they can't get right. back uh, to the battlefield. Over the weekend, President Zelensky uh, slipped. We'll play this clip for you in just a second, Larry, in an interview with, C uh, with uh, CNN saying millions have been killed. Now, maybe his English is not perfect. He then corrected himself and said millions will be killed. Uh, this is a crazy statement that he makes, but I, I'm anxious for your comments on it. Chris, cut number one. Senator J.D. Vance, who was in Munich at the security conference but didn't meet with you, he said that even if you got the $60 billion in aid, it is not going to fundamentally change the reality on the battlefield. What's your response to that? I'm not sure that he understands what's going on here. And uh, we don't need any rhetoric of, from people who, who are not... Uh, deeply in the in the you know in the in the war, so to understand it is to come to the front line to see what's going on, to speak with the people, then to go to civilians to understand what will be with them, and then what will be with them without this support, and he will understand that millions people have been killed, will be killed. As it, it's so he doesn't fact. understand it because he doesn't understand it. Of course, he God bless you. Don't have the war on your territory. Does he know that he's on his last leg, him personally, his government, and his military? Uh, he should, uh, unless he's in a cocaine-induced haze. Uh, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, when he said 31,000 were killed, maybe he was just referring to those that died in, in the Battle of Avdivka over the last month or so. Mm. That, might be an, that might be an accurate number for the last right. month. Right. right. As sad but, as that is, you're probably right. Yeah. But when you when you look at the the images on social media of of the cemeteries that are being expanded, added onto with row upon row of flag after flag after flag, and, and then that that coupled with the fact that the average age of of the soldier fighting for Ukraine is creeping up, it's now above 43, 44, which which means you got 50 year old guys out there, you got 60 year old guys. Because when you're saying the average age is 43, that means, you know, anybody understands basic math, you got like 50% above that number and 50% below that number. Mm. So it is uh, that, you know, you can't fight this kind of brutal war because, you know, the weather's still cold here. How? Uh, and, and it's going to get muddy and wet and icy. And, you know, 60-year-old guys have no business uh, slogging around in that, believe me. You, you mentioned this earlier. I want to ask it to you ask you about it again and 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 from it we'll segue into uh gaza how professional how sophisticated has the russian military been to concentrate its firepower on ukrainian military assets right. rather than on the ukrainian uh, people as the israelis are doing to the palestinians you know, this is this is almost like a replay of World War II. There, there's a book out by uh, David uh, Glantz and John, Jonathan Hausman. Uh, it's called When Titans Clashed, and it was about the battle between the Soviets and the Nazis. And, and what happened in 1943 is that the Nazis started to suffer attrition because they didn't have the same manpower base uh, that the Soviets did. 
And so they were increasingly having to throw untrained troops into the front lines. And that's why from 43 to 44 and their ultimate defeat in uh, May of 45, one of the contributing factors of that to the Germans at the time was that they, they couldn't replace their troops quick enough with adequately, adequately trained personnel. By contrast, the Russians were able to train their personnel and they were able to do so uh, having them east of the uh, Ural Mountains. And, and so we're, we're actually seeing that same phenomena again. Russia has ample manpower. They're under no pressure whatsoever to bring those troops to the front. They're able to get the, the full up basic training and then the advanced individual training, AIT, and then training within uh, units ranging from company size movement to uh, brigade size movement to division size. So they're getting the whole panoply before they're thrown into the battle. The Ukrainians aren't. And so it, it ends up being a self-destructive cycle. So Russia has the decided advantage in terms of quality of troops that it's uh, deploying. Plus, they're signing up 41, 42,000 a month. And that, mm. they're not going into prisons. They're not having to put guns to people's heads, people's head. They're not chasing them down the street and tackling them. These are people who are willingly going into recruitment offices, signing up. So that means Russia, last year they signed up a half million new soldiers. And those soldiers are in the pipeline. They're being trained. Ukraine didn't even come close to that. Moving over to, um, uh, to Gaza, uh, we have Ramadan coming up. The Arabs, of course, want access to Al-Aqsa Mosque, as uh, they have for thousands of years. Uh, the right-wing fanatics in President and Prime Minister Netanyahu's government say it's not going to happen. What's going to happen? Well, we've seen already that the, the Israelis have redeployed uh, uh, their brigades out of Gaza. Uh, so they're, it looks like they're relying almost entirely on airstrikes. Uh, they're limiting their ground uh, combat operations there. Have they That's succeeded in defeating or even degrading Hamas in Gaza? No, no. Uh, they, they, they can't even chalk it up. You know, uh, Hamas is still intact. Uh, what they have done is they've you know, devastated the population and, and they're starving. Uh, but what, what Israel's doing is getting ready to make, I think, a fatal error. They've shifted their forces to the north uh, because Hezbollah, through shelling along the border uh, towns up along the Lebanon-Syria border, have basically cleared out the Jewish settlements. And the Israeli army is insisting they're going to carry out military operations to allow those people to come back in. Uh, this they, they, they didn't learn the lesson in 2006. And what's happened in the intervening time, Israel invaded Lebanon in 2006, got, got really beat up and, and had to withdraw. They did not defeat Hezbollah then. Hezbollah today is a far more powerful, capable army. We're not talking a bunch of guys wearing slippers with rags on their heads, uh, running around doing terrorist tactics. We're talking actual uh, organization of military units, chain of command, and they've carried out exercises and worked a variety of scenarios. And they're not just limited to uh, rifles and some artillery and anti-tank guns. They also have missiles, missiles that can reach deep inside of Israel. They've not used them up to this point. But once, uh, if, if Israel is foolish enough to launch this as a military campaign against Hezbollah, uh, I think you're going to see Israel facing its first serious defeat in its history.
And, and that is going to be transformative in, when it comes to the negotiation process, because it will it'll panic the Israelis and, you know, using nukes, that, that's not going to help them at this point, because uh, the, they're really, the, they're so close with Hezbollah, they, they, can't, they can't use nukes without, uh, you know, damaging Israel as well. The um, slaughter continues in Gaza. <clears throat> the uh, settlements are present in uh, the West Bank. Uh, over the weekend, uh, Amos Hochstein, you know who that is, yes. the Israeli-born former IDF member, American citizen, now Joe Biden's chief negotiator, actually supervising a variety of negotiations, said the settlers need to move back to the West Bank. At the same time, the Secretary Blinken said, we're changing American policy. The settlements in the West Bank are illegal. Yeah. Does the government know, can it talk out of both sides of its mouth at the same time? Does it know what it's doing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's not a problem. That's that's showing skill in government that there's no consistency. Look, Israel doesn't care what the Biden administration says because the Israelis know that through the Israeli Political Action Committee that they've got basically unfettered uh, permission from the United States to carry out whatever operations they want. So, uh, the, you know, these threats, these are really idle threats. It's not, it's not going to be until Joe Biden actually would step up and turn off the spigot, but he's not going to do that. The, the, there is too much at risk from a, a political standpoint of, uh, you know, completely sabotaging the support of the Jewish establishment in the United States. He's, he's not going to walk away from that. Uh, what do you think will happen uh, this week in the Congress uh, where the government's about to go out of business on Friday, the House, be be because they don't have a new budget. Uh, the House is on vacation until Wednesday. The president is twisting uh, Mike Johnson, the speaker's uh, arm, to allow a vote to send $61 billion to Ukraine. Donald Trump is twisting Mike Johnson's other arm to saying, don't even allow the vote because it's a waste right. of uh, money. And if I become president and any of it is unspent, I'm not going to spend it. Where do you think this ends? I realize we're going back to Ukraine, but where do you think this ends up? Well, uh, I think ultimately they'll, they'll get the money only because when they, when they appropriate that money, it's going to go to U.S. military industrial corporations. And then that money has a way of happy way of making its way back into the hands of politicians that are looking at re-election this year, both Republican and Democrat alike. But the, the other argument that is actually resonating, and, and a lot of this comes on the hills of the, the murder of this uh, nursing student in Georgia the other day. She was murdered by an illegal alien, a Venezuelan. So more and more Americans, both Republican and Democrat alike, saying, why are we spending $61 billion on a border in Ukraine and we're not spending that money to secure our own border and protect our own citizens. It's a great. I, I think. I think the the message of protecting Americans, protecting the border, uh, that's 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 going beyond the MAGA crowd. That's also filtered over into the Democrat crowd. Uh, Aaron Bushnell, uh, a now uh, deceased member uh, of the Air Force. Uh, doused himself with gasoline and lit himself on fire at the entrance to the. Uh, Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. Right. Uh, over the weekend in order to, that's a clip of uh, uh, military personnel running to the scene. 
Uh, there is a clip of the immolation. We don't have. Oh, no, it. I've, I, I, I've I've seen it. It's shocking. Right, we can't run it, right? Uh, right, right. But I, I want your uh, thoughts on this. This is pretty severe uh, and pretty extreme, but equally as severe and extreme as the non-mention of this in American mainstream media this morning. Yeah. I, in fact, I, when I saw the story first pop up on Telegram, and so I did a quick search of Washington Post. Nothing. New York Times. Nothing. The only, one, the only newspaper um, was the uh, New York Post that it put an article up about it fairly, you know, fairly extensively. So the New York Post is, is the only one. The rest of the media was staring away from it. But, you know, this is reminiscent of uh, when the Buddhist monks during the U.S. war in Vietnam set themselves on fire. Uh, that, that became sort of a turning point of, uh, in the war. It became, you know, some, one other touchstone to refer to as uh, that, that this was going in the wrong direction. And now, uh, you know, the, these images with the, the media can try to hold it down, but it's impossible. Social media is beyond the control of the legacy media. And so that story is going to get out of there, out there. I mean, it was it was going all over the, uh, the, the group here in Russia. They were seeing it. And it was, I mean, there's shock, shock and horror uh, just to see that last time. You know, last time you saw someone immolated like that, it was ISIS setting fire to a, uh, a Syrian pilot in a cage. But this was uh, a U.S. airman who did it voluntarily to himself and did it, uh, as he claims, in, in protest of the United States facilitating genocide in Palestine. Larry, thanks very much for your time. I know you're about 8,000 miles from us, but we and an entirely different set of time zones. We appreciate it all. We look forward to seeing you with that youngster uh, McGovern on the Intelligence uh, Roundtable Friday afternoon when you're back in the good old USA. Well, I'll be I'll be back Friday, but I just let your all your viewers know, everywhere I've gone, people said, "Oh, I've seen you on Judge Knapp." They love Judge Knapp. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, you're a magnet. Thank you very much, my man. All the best. All righty, bye bye. Very nice, uh, very nice to hear. Uh, Chris, did we break that uh, 300,000 number? No. Okay. So we're within a few. We, I want you to like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. We're, we're within literally uh, just a dozen or so of breaking the 300,000 uh, threshold on our uh, subscriptions. Uh, Two o'clock this afternoon, Eastern Time, Kyle Anzalone. 4.30 this afternoon, Eastern Time, uh, the one and only Scott Ritter. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.